Welcome, y'all, to another exciting episode of the Out of UMBA show. On this episode, we'll get into Andrew Wiggins and his resurgence with the Warriors. We'll also get into the Dallas Mavericks and Luka Doncic. Then we'll get into the top five fantasy basketball sleepers for this week and finish off with our sports betting segment, Lock Him In. It's another jam-packed episode. Let's get right into the show. At 11.50 p.m., I just finished watching the Dallas Mavericks take on the Golden State Warriors. The Dallas Mavericks were able to come on top with the W. Luka Doncic played another phenomenal basketball game. He had a triple-double tonight with 41 points, 12 rebounds, 12 assists. He played phenomenal as usual. My only issue with the way the Dallas Mavericks played tonight is, and this has been a theme, not just for this season, but for previous seasons as well. There is an over-reliance on the way they play with Luka Doncic. He dominates the ball pretty much for every possession. They like to play a spread pick and roll where Luka is constantly running a pick and roll with the big, who's typically popping out If they're playing with uh, Dwight Powell, he's usually slipping the screen or or rolling into the paint. My my biggest issue with the Dallas Mavericks is there's not a lot of variety on the offensive end. There's over-reliance on Luka Doncic to create many plays on the offensive end. If you go back to uh, the run last postseason, that was a major issue once they played the Warriors. The Warriors knew what to expect pretty much every possession they knew that they wanted to run that spread pick and roll and kind of let Luca do his thing which was typically getting into the lane and kicking out to shooters and that becomes very predictable uh, as you play in the postseason and teams are game planning uh, and figuring out ways uh, to uh, to stop you they're going to need to find a way to pair Somebody with Luka that can give them a little more diversity on the offensive end. Jalen Brunson helped with that uh, to some degree while he was with the team. He's not a dynamic enough player to really get them to the next level. Spencer Dinwiddie is playing a boatload of the minutes that Jalen Brunson played last season. Though he's a good ball handler who can get the ball out of Luka's hands from possession to possession, he's not a bona fide second or third option to pair alongside Luka. Luka needs someone that can really score on their own. Yes, I like things that Spencer Dinwiddie brings to the table, but he's not a player that will get them to the next level. It seems like this will be a wasted year for the Dallas Mavericks. It will be a year where, yes, they will get to the postseason just because they have Luka and they have good enough role players to be able to be a competitive enough team to make it to the postseason, but they won't make any noise and they won't be uh, better than they were last year. So there's still a lot of work that has to be done with their roster. Some of it can be internal. Luka may need to change his style of play. You can't just dominate every possession and just expect your teammates to make plays when the ball is thrown to them. There's a rhythm that has to be built throughout the game for them to be effective 
Uh, some of that is just due to having a lack of talent. They don't really have enough players that can be uh, dynamic enough to really create for themselves. Tim Howard Jr. is a is a good shooter. He's a good. He's a great player to to pit alongside Luca, but he does have his limitations as an offensive player. And this is the same thing that could be said about a number of their players. Reggie Bullock is, is limited offensively. Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleba, he's a limited offensively. Christian Wood was definitely a great. A player to add to their team. Uh, as we've seen in the past, he hasn't really played any meaningful basketball, and he gets a little trigger happy from time to time. Uh, he has to figure out how to be effective on the defensive end, and it will take some time for him to really improve as a player because he's been on so many bad teams in his career. So the Dallas Mavericks, I mean, there's there's still a lot that they have to do in order to improve as a team and to be a better team than they were last year. They played phenomenal against the Phoenix Suns. They didn't do as well against the Golden State Warriors. Some of that was because they just they didn't catch fire like they did against the Phoenix Suns. So you never really know what you're going to get with the Dallas Mavericks. There's a few players away from being uh, a true contender in this league. But as long as they have Luka Doncic, they will always be in a good place and field a competitive, a competitive enough team uh, to make it to the postseason. So we'll see what they do moving forward. Uh, my prediction is they probably will not make a trade during the trade deadline. They will probably try to improve at some point during the offseason next year. But I do have to say, man, that uh, time isn't on their side. Luca is, yeah, I understand that he's still a fairly young player who's under 25 years old, but a matter of time until he feels like this is an organization that he can't win with and that he's not being provided with enough talent and enough a high level of players that will give him the best chance to to win a championship. So we'll see how that plays out. I want to just talk about one more observation that I made quickly. I just love the way Andrew Riggins is playing. The resurgence of his career has been phenomenal. As soon as Andrew Wiggins was traded to the Warriors, I love the fact that the Warriors swung and made this trade. I always thought that Andrew Wiggins was a great player and he was just in the wrong situation. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is not a, a player who's going to really, just seeing just how the way he carries himself on the, on the floor, he's not a player that is really going to set the tone. He's not a cultural setter in any sort of way. But there's one thing that I did see from him that I liked uh, throughout the years. Every time he he played LeBron James, or not even just LeBron James, there were certain matchups that he always wanted to dominate, and he would always want to make sure that he showed out. And and that showed me that he that he had some sort of competitiveness towards him. And and I know that's not anything of of shocking to make it to uh, to this. To the professional level, you have to have some sort of competitiveness and some sort of edge to you. I will say it showed me something that I think a lot of people really didn't give him credit for. A lot of people um, underestimated that he possessed. And you see it during the finals when he went up against Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. He took that matchup personally. He did have some, some of that FU. He played like he thought that he was a better player than them. Not every player in this league is meant to be a number one or number two option. And sometimes players just need to be put in the right position. They need to be put in the right culture and they need to be put in the right situation to be able to thrive 
as a player. Being placed on the Warriors is a testament to that. He's he's a great player who can do many different things on the floor, but he's just not a number one option. He's not a guy that you, I guess, expect to set your culture and you expect to, to be a leader for your culture. And you know what? There's not many players that can do that. We see that Kevin Durant is as talented of a player that he is. He struggles to to do that at this point in his career as well, too. And uh, he struggled throughout his career to to really do that. I mean, OKC set a great culture, but he's there's there's just been situations where we as fans have expected more from Kevin Durant. I could say the same thing about Anthony Davis, and the list goes on. So, like I said, man, I think sometimes as, as fans we really overestimate. And we really try to pay guys and, I guess, unrealistic expectations for players. When truthfully, there's only so few players that are really able to set the tone and be true leaders and be number one options. So that was my little spawn, Andrew Wiggins and the Dallas Mavericks and Luka Doncic. Now, let's get right into our next segment, which is the top five sleepers that I have for those fantasy basketball fans, let's get right into it. All right, so let's get into our next segment, which is the top five fantasy basketball sleepers for this week. The first sleeper I have is Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is a two-way player, the Memphis Grizzlies. He's a forward and guard. He's a two-way player. He's able to get you anywhere from 17 points uh, he averages about two to three rebounds you know, and, and two to three assists. I guess one of the major limitations with Dylan Brooks is that he's a low-efficiency scorer. Uh, he has to take a lot to make a lot. He shoots around 40%. That is what he's currently shooting at this point in the season. It's pretty on par to his career averages. So there really is no expectation that he will improve in that department. But if you're looking for someone that can contribute, uh, not just only at the end of the bench, but from game to game, he can get you 20 points here and there. Uh, he's a good add. He, he is a multi-category player to, to some extent. I guess the, the trade-off of adding him to your team is that he will definitely affect your uh, your efficiency and your and field goal percentages and and he will be a, a detriment to to those categories so i mean with all things considered he's a great ad but definitely be wary those limitations that he has in his game next player i have is killian hayes killian hayes has been playing great basketball since Cade cunningham has went out with an injury recently he has been he has been inserted into the starting lineup since then, he's been averaging uh, pretty decent numbers. These next stretch of games, he will have ample opportunity to build his confidence and to display his offensive game. His defense has been ahead of his offense in, in his first few years in the league. This year, he has shown some good flashes in his offensive game. So with increased minutes, there is an expectation that he will play better and he will produce uh, moving forward. Over his last two or three games, he's been averaging close nearly 17 points, uh, five and a half rebounds, and about nine assists. Those are decent numbers and show that he can be an impactful player 
in a number of categories. Killian Hayes, his issues all has always been playing with consistency and pitting, I guess, a string of games together. So we'll see if he has the ability to do that. But he's a player that is worth taking a fire on um, if you're in a daily fantasy or uh, a week-to-week fantasy league. Next player I have is Marvin Bagley. He's also on the Detroit Pistons. Currently, Isaiah Stewart is out with an injury. Marvin Bagley has played really well in his place. He's in the starting lineup as well. In the last few games, he's averaging nearly 17 points and nine rebounds. Uh, He's been shooting with great efficiency from the field. It's been good to see him play as well as he has been. Um, If he's able to, I guess, keep up this level of play, he will be able to work himself into getting consistent minutes in the rotation. So we'll see how he plays moving forward. Like I said, right now, Isaiah Stewart is out, so there will be minutes for him to produce and to play game to game. He's a good gamble moving forward. I wouldn't say he's the best player to have on your team once Isaiah Stewart Stewart returns. Just because Isaiah will play a boatload of those minutes. But uh, for now, while Stewart is out, definitely consider adding Bagley to your team. Next I have is RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett is a guard forward for the New York Knicks. He's similar to Dylan Brooks in that he's a player that doesn't play with a lot of efficiency. But he will get you nearly 20 points, about four or five rebounds, and about three or four assists. He's shooting nearly 40%, which is on par with his current averages. Do not expect for his percentages to increase. Like I said, it's for his first few seasons in the league, uh, he's been shooting subpar 45%. Uh, He's doing the same this year. He's like I said, he's like Dylan Brooks in that he needs to take a lot of shots in order to make a lot of shots. I'm sure at some point in time in his career, he'll be able to figure it out and be more dynamic, have a better understanding of where to get his shots and how to get uh, easier looks on the offensive end. For now, he just won't really uh, give you too much efficiency from the field. So he's worth adding, uh, not just for week to week leagues, but he's a He's a guy that's definitely uh, you can add for your team uh, moving forward. Last player I have is Dennis Schroeder, the point guard for the Los Angeles Lakers. Dennis Schroeder uh, has recently returned to the lineup. He was out in the beginning part of the season due to an injury. Now that he has returned to the lineup, it seems like they will be starting him. Uh, It's not exactly uh, set in stone. Darvin Ham is still working out and tweaking the lineup to see, uh, I guess, the exact starting lineup that he wants to have moving forward. Schroeder started the last game. He played really well. He had about 20 points, six rebounds, three assists. Uh, We'll see if he's able to keep up this level of play. Uh, He's got off to a rough start. Like I said, some of that just has to do with the fact that he was coming back. Uh, He was still working into game shape. His conditioning wasn't at optimal level. Now, as he slowly gets back into game shape, we'll see, uh, we'll have, uh, I guess, a better indication of what type of player he will be playing for Darvin Ham. I'm sure he'll get a fair shot at the starting point guard position, considering the Lakers don't really have any true point guards besides him on the roster. So I like Dennis Schroeder moving forward. I'm sure at some point the Lakers will probably uh, shut it down. 
Um, right now, they're, they're getting closer to 500. They've picked up their play. They're playing a lot better than they were in the beginning of the season. So, uh, like I said, Dennis Schroeder will get ample opportunity to display his talent. He's playing for a contract, so he will put his best foot forward every time he touches the court. So he's able to get, I guess, a large contract offer during the summer. So add him to your team if he's still available in your league. I like uh, the value he provides. He won't give you too much outside shooting, but he'll give you decent numbers from game to game. Those are my five top sleepers for this week. Now let's get into our next segment. All right. So I got four selections at the money line for our Lockman's segment. The first selection I have is the Portland Trailblazers. The Portland Trailblazers will be taking on the Los Angeles Lakers tonight. The Trailblazers will be playing without Dame Dalla, Damian Lillard. They are currently game over 500. The Blazers have played uh, a few games without Dame uh, to start this season, so this won't be there won't be any adjustment period for them. Currently, they are underdogs at the money line at plus 190. The Lakers, they just don't have enough dynamic guards to really keep up with the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers have good uh, interior big man in Nurkic who will give Anthony Davis some trouble. Anthony Davis is, there's no secret, he's a player that does not like to play the five. He doesn't like to play against opposing physical big men. So, he will have, this will be a long night for him. He will have to go up against Nurkic, who plays physical and who's a, a paint presence who will not make it easy for Nurkic. So, like I said, man, I, I like the Trailblazers as my underdog pick and my money line pick uh, for this game. They just have more dynamic uh, players. I like them here at the money line. My next pick is Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings are going up against the Indiana Pacers at home. The Sacramento Kings are currently favorites at the money line at minus 190. Uh, the Sacramento Kings have some favorable matchups in this game. I'd probably say uh, they just have uh, Sabonis will will definitely give trouble to Miles Turner and Jalen Smith, though. Uh, Sabonis may not be the greatest of defenders. Uh, he's a dynamic offensive player. Uh, Sacramento's currently in the top five, I believe, in offensive rating. So they've, they've, they have figured out that end of the floor. They're still uh, trying to figure it out on the defensive end. They have a defensive-minded coach, Mike Brown. They may improve at some point during this season, but they probably won't. They really don't have the personnel to be a great defensive team. Not many of their players have had uh, the reputation of being good defensive players. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out as the season goes along. Like I said, I like them in this game just because they have favorable matchups in the front court. Harrison Barnes uh, is a veteran presence, plays both ends of the floor. Sabonis, uh, they run their offense through him. Through him. And he has shown that he knows what he's doing, man. They're top five in offense rating. So I like the Sacramento Kings here. It won't be an easy win for them, but I, I think they'll be able to get it done tonight while they play at home. The next matchup I have is the Los Angeles Clippers and the Utah Jazz. Currently, the Los Angeles Clippers 
are underdogs at the money line plus 220. I know this will probably be a very close matchup. The Los Angeles Clippers are currently playing without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They're out with injuries, but that's nothing new for the Los Angeles Clippers. They played pretty much 95% of last season without both guys, and they nearly made the playoffs. So it won't be too much of an adjustment for those guys to play without their star players. They Their players are more than capable of taking more of an offensive and defensive load, and they kind of know their roles when those guys are out. They had a really good win. I believe it was last night against the Cho Blazers. We'll see how they play um, against the Jazz. The Jazz has been, have been slipping the last few games. They got off to a, a, a very hot start. But as teams have, I guess, have worked their way into to game shape and, and are slowly figuring out uh, an identity and culture of, of how they want to play, the Jazz have, haven't really been able to take teams by surprise like they did in the beginning of the year. So I like the Los Angeles Clippers here uh, as my pick at the money line. And I think just the experience that they have with playing without their their star players will will definitely play big dividends in their matchup against the Utah Jazz tonight. The last pick I have is the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies are taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. The Grizzlies are favorites at the money line, minus 165. Very surprised as to why uh, there isn't that the, I guess the odds are what they are. Uh, I know Carl Anthony Towns will be out of this game. He's dealing with an injury that will have him sidelined for a few weeks. The Memphis Grizzlies have, they've won, uh, I guess, the last couple of their games. I think they may have won. I think they're four out of five of their last games. I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to double check that. But they've been playing really good basketball. They have continuity from previous years. They know what is expected of them. Jaron Jackson Jr. has returned. He's been playing really well since he has returned. He's beefed up their their defense, and they look pretty good on both ends of the floor. So I think uh, the, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves are still figuring it out. I will say this, not having Carl Anthony Towns may be a blessing to them on the defensive end, but they they will have to find a way to make up for the loss that um, on offense as he provides and he does so much for them on the offensive end. I'm sure it won't be difficult. Players will be more than happy to take more shots while he's out. It may give them an added advantage on defense because they don't have to play him against opposing fours, and that has been an issue in the early part of the season against just quicker guys that uh, he's had to guard on the perimeter. So we'll see how this game plays out. But like I said, I'm going with the Memphis Grizzlies here at the money line at minus 165. They are my last lock them in pick for this week. And I'm excited to see these games play out tonight. So that is it for the show. Like, subscribe, comment, and let me know what you guys think of this latest show in the comment section.